In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. What's up, Travis and Fernando? Hello, Ben. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy That's anniversary. Isn't it exciting? Seems like just a year ago, America was on the precipice of a civil war. But I'm here to tell you, well, we still are. All right, we're going to get into it. January 6th, we'll talk a little bit about that. Where were you? What were you doing? And are you complicit in a crime? We don't know. We're going to talk about it. We're also going to discuss Eric Swalwell. He kind of swallowed his own. I don't know. Mm. I think he, he, he's 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 thinking his his poop don't stink a little too much for me. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it. And then Nancy Pelosi, she says, "Why can't you make money off the stock market?" <laughs> when of course the people who control the stock market also control our Congress people, which is why our laws make no freaking sense, and that's why we have no control at all. But let's just start, and of course we'll get into some other blathering as well. Well, let's start with January 6th. What's going on with this committee? What has the committee done thus far? And what are they continuing to try to do? So Mm. right now, the committee has dubbed, um, they have deemed, of course, the guilty party specifically, or some of the guilty people, Roger Stone, Bannon. There's another dude, Bernie Carrick, who is a former commissioner in New York City who spent some time behind bars. He spent some time in the clink. And after he got out of jail, he was like, it's really bad in there. We have to make some massive changes. But it turns out he forgot all about that as soon as he started sniffing around power (laughs) once again. Forgot talking about criminal justice reform. Doesn't give a crap anymore about how corrupt and disgusting our prison industrial complex is. Instead, he was too busy planning an insurrection. So one team, when it comes to the people within the January 6th committee, they are the inside defense team. They are devoted to understanding the preparation and, of course, the response by federal and local law enforcement. Now, this is a big deal because there were a lot of speculation, a lot of conspiracy theory at, at mm-hmm. in, initially mm-hmm. when it comes to the uh, police that were working at the Capitol, the few police that didn't call in that day right. or the police officers uh, that got the call to come into work, despite the fact they were immensely undermanned and underwomaned. Mm-hmm. You get it. There were <laughs> pictures of officers stepping aside as protesters uh, flowed through the gates as if it was some bizarre biblical uh, invasion. That looked like 
these cops are letting them in. I guess they're just all part of the coup. But that wasn't the case. In this case, these officers are like, I ain't dying today. Exactly. And God knows if you do get in the way, as we saw with a lot of the footage, uh, the fantastic documentary and then the New York Times YouTube um, 40 minute uh, footage that they have taken all from the stars of the event, the character actors themselves. These officers (laughs) were just super overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of want to go have one more wonderful piece of barbecue before I die at the hands of these uh, raving lunatics. So one team, again, with the January 6th committee, they're working on what happened inside the fence. And Travis, to me, this is one of those, this is maybe the most important in some ways when figuring out how do we prevent something like this in the future while also not having our entire freaking capital on lockdown 24-7. Right. There needs to be a middle ground because right now everything is walled off. And as we learned with the TSA and perhaps these mask mandates on flights, they might never go away. And I'm not against the mandates at this point, but I don't want ever I don't want to have to wear a mask forever on flights. But once laws are proposed, like the barbs and a fish, the hook, it's difficult Mm -hmm. to get out. It's very easy to set. So my only concern is with all of the and I understand security and protection, but with all the gates and all the fences, At what point do those fences become walls? Build that wall. Build that wall. Doesn't happen on the southern border. I mean, I don't really particularly think that a wall (laughs) works anyway, but it would work around the Capitol. Yes. And then all of a sudden we have a even more disconnected state house than we currently have. So what do you think, Travis, as far as as far as measuring safety, but also the idea that's that's the people's house. And we also have a right to uh, get within sniffing distance. Right. I mean, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? That was the mantra that Rahm Emanuel said when he was chief of staff at following the the big economic crisis of 2008. And that's kind of what powerful people do tend to do. You're absolutely right. You put in some laws uh, into place and then you kind of keep them there for as long as you can. The TSA is a great example. We still have to all take off our shoes at the TSA because one shoe bomber gave it his best try. And that's <laughs> well, he kind didn't of- even give it his best try. There the real shoe bombing happened. The plane went down in Queens, and they believe that was a uh, that was a shoe bomber. Although the official explanation is the engine fell off. Oh, okay. which that's well, even worse. I would much rather know it was an act of terrorism than the engine falling mm, off. But then yes. Richard Reed, of course, the man who obviously easily um, easily convinced and uh, a person who is was psychologically available to become radicalized. But the FBI they gave him the shoes. They set this whole thing up. And because of that, uh, we can no longer or we have to remove our shoes rather unless, of course, you have the money uh, to avoid that Mm -hmm. because no terrorists are ever poor. Look at Osama bin Laden. (laughs) He was a real literally royalty. But right, right, right. In a similar way, the FBI was also keeping tabs on a lot of these January Sixers, right? And they they were kind of saying something is brewing, something is going on here. And uh, sure enough, in a very ironic way, Ben, uh, as you've pointed out, these people went there kind of in that same idea, like, well, this is the people's house. Well, Nancy Pelosi's office, that's my office. I pay my taxpayer dollars to go and pay for that. But now they have ruined it for everyone. I don't know if anyone will ever get to just take a good old normal 
will tour the Capitol in the same way ever again. Uh, unless, of course, thanks, you know, Bo Lauren, thanks, unless Mo Lauren Bobert, yeah, Bobert and Mo Brooks are giving it and, you know, showing you right where Nancy Pelosi's office is. <sighs> but, Fernando, what do you think as far as the right to protest? We have it in this country. We need it in this country. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good reasons to go protest at the Capitol. I'm a massive advocate Absolutely. of people protesting. Mm -hmm. What These fences are apolitical. They don't know if you're there for workers' mm -hmm. rights. They don't know if you're there uh, for Hispanic you know, rights, representation, right. uh, immigration issues. They don't know why you're there. Women's March, big, tall boy march, which I'm organizing, which will be super <laughs> exciting. We'll, oh, we'll exciting. scale the fences pretty easily. It won't be a problem. <laughs> um, but the problem is, once you have these... You know, pillars mm -hmm. that are, again, completely emotionless. They don't have a, they're not sentient. All of a sudden, all protest and all speech is being silenced. Uh, yes. Because, of course, again, the very real issue that occurred on January 6th. But again, how do we balance security with freedom? My thinking, Ben, is that the, the capital is still scared. You know, um, the, the walls, the walls went up for a reason. It started as a protest, but then it became a violent insurrection. Right. So, so they're the walls went up because they're not they're not, quote unquote, stopping protesting. What they're trying to stop is is violence. But the walls, like you said, are indiscriminate. Right. And then the with the way the American sentiment is changing, for example, that the CNN poll we had talked about. Yep. Uh, if you want to if you want to quote it, I think it was 34 percent said that sometimes political violence uh, can be OK. Again, the poll is it's pretty broad um, as far as the wording goes. But it's yeah. uh, 40 percent of Republicans, 41 percent of uh, independents and 23 percent of uh, Democrats have said occasionally violence against the government can sometimes be justified. I don't know what the previous I don't know what the data is on this in the long run. I mean, I, I think people have been upset with the government for a long time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm not sure. But you're right. The idea. What is violence, uh, too? What is violence? What is violence? That's another good point. Is Twitter violence? Are words violence? Was Marjorie Taylor Greene? Was it, uh, you know, her getting kicked off of Twitter? People are like, this is this is blasphemy against the First Amendment. Again, Twitter is a private company. They can do whatever they want. Just get the hell off of it in general. <laughs> or was it but like. Were, were her words, you know, did that constitute violence? Of course, she was. Was kicked off of Twitter because of the immense amount of stupidity rega regarding COVID, despite the fact she's, uh, you know, backs this and the other. But anyway, so is it it's that is it that violence violence against Marjorie Taylor Greene or is it like violence like against Kathy Gifford? You know what I mean? That's and that's why I think the the, the walls surround. Yeah, the the Gab the Gabby Gifford, of course, violence oh, against sorry. Kathy Gifford Kathy is Gifford. never accepted. <laughs> so yeah. that that's a good point. So again, uh, well, that, go and on. Then then there's Kathy Griffin, who threatened violence by holding that fake severed head of Yeah, Yep, of and hers. she later apologized. Layers. Layers. Absolutely. So we have a team trying to figure out what the hell happened on the inside, what happened with federal and local law enforcement, a second team following the money. Uh, a third team is investigating online misinformation and extremist activity, uh, again, going forth with the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world, Lauren Berberts of the world. Uh, a fourth is looking at the pressure campaigns in Washington and in state capitals to overturn election results. Mm. Of course, we know for a fact that happened specifically in Georgia, which is why Donnie isn't supporting Brian Kemp any longer. A fifth team is focused on the organizers and demonstrations uh, at the National Mall and the Capitol. So I think the last one is going to be the one that gets the most amount of press. Who organized this? But then don't we know? Stone, Bannon, 
Jones, and Donnie. I, the thing is, we're still, okay, the commission is happening, the committee, they're analyzing what's happening, but it feels like we're still not even done with January 6th. It's almost been a year, and we mm-hmm. still have, for example, former President Trump was about to have a press conference on the 6th. Yes. What was he going to talk about? Was he going to bring up that the election was fraudulent? Is it? It's still not, the point that started this is not even dead. Right. So my concern is, wow. does that kind of make sense? It's like we're, we're, we're learning to swim. When we're already drowning, it feels with this committee. Yeah, I completely agree. It is a um, we are we are learning to swim, and we got dropped off in the middle of the ocean. And it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. But hopefully, uh, the tide comes in at some point in the relatively near future because we need to get the answers to this. And then, quite frankly, we don't need to move on when it comes to the sentences of the people that were caught and. Uh, when it comes to bringing justice towards the people who, you know, created this, who funded this, who allowed this to occur, who fostered this. And then the flip side of that is, as a country, we also just can't stay in January 6, 2021 for these next four years. We can't. We because really we can. need to move forward. And as a if you are a Democrat, you want to keep it going because this is fantastic. You get to do the whataboutism. Nothing is really going to be a, as bad as what happened on January 6th. So you want to keep this story going. Mm -hmm. This is something that can always you can always point to and say, yeah, maybe things aren't going great. Gas prices are a little bit up. It's uh, food is more expensive than ever, but not even ever. But you know what I'm saying in in recent history. But look at these assholes. Yeah. So it's important for them politically to keep this going. And then on the flip side, for the Mm -hmm. Trumper vision of the Republican Party, I don't think that they hate it. No, I think that this is almost something that they they're proud of. You know, this is like a disaster of their own making, but even keeping the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys or these freaking douchebag groups full of fucking people who just have never had an identity until one was placed upon them. And of course, the person that placed that identity upon them was Donald Trump. So you can imagine how stupid they are. <laughs> so they don't mind this uh, this um, coverage. The only people that are just not, again, not over it. There needs to be justice. There needs to be responsibility taken. But this cannot be the main conversation over these next four years or we are going to get, or these next three years, where we are going to get nothing done at all. And we haven't gotten anything done whatsoever yet to begin with. Right. It's been a year and, and we we barely scraped the surface of this and, entire thing. And so far, you know, when it comes to Bannon and when it comes to Stone and when it comes to all of these, well, then you're going to, yeah. you're held in contempt. They laugh all the way, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they, I just don't like politically in a political sense, the January 6th commission is going to be used by all sides. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be a big ass fundraiser. Yeah. And then as a people, as just like a country full of civilians who don't, not that they don't give a shit, but just get it done with. And we Mm -hmm. have to start talking Mm -hmm. about, you know, Medicare, Medicaid. Any anything, infrastructure, you know, student loan debt, whatever it might be that is important to you as a constituent, education, we're not getting there because we have this January 6th, speaking of walls, psychologically built up as mm. like the most important thing to cover. As COVID goes away, which it will, January 6th is going to continue to be there. And then to some degree, you can use it as a smokescreen to lie by omission mm. and not discuss some of the horrors that are going on right now. I and mean, we just had, um, you know, 
when it comes to foreign policy, it is heating up. Fernando mm-hmm. made the prediction that we're going to get into a war. What greater smokescreen for war and overseas than focus on the tensions here at home? And mm. then, boom, what do you have when it when you come out, a rally around the flag effect? And then maybe a president gets 60, 70 percent approval rating because we have to, um, you know, back the nation because we're going into the real world Olympics, which involve bombs. I agree with you, Ben. I agree. We we need to move on. But my issue with is ju- with with yeah, ramifications yes, yes. for the actions mm-hmm. of the people that committed these crimes. My issue is that even if we do the ramifications happen and all these, you know, everyone who was involved gets punished, we'd never address the root cause, which is also what's happening with why they put walls up it at the Capitol, because the root cause still exists. The true problem to still exist, that there's a disconnect between the country is divided. And then there's a disconnect that gets fed every time these kinds of things happen. When an election happens, when there's that disconnect that gets fed. And well, the question then is, how do you shake it up? Do you get rid of Facebook? I mean, do you do you start fracturing these large monolithic monopolies uh, to sort of be uh, to be uh, redundant? But do you start shattering things like Facebook? Do you start shattering (laughs) things like Twitter? I mean, or is that? I, I don't. I mean, that's again. Then you get into the, a lot of the one A conversation, and then also you get into the finances. I mean, there's a reason that you know big pharma is paying a lot of freaking money to a lot of these politicians, ten billion bucks a week. Pfizer and Merck make. I mean, there's a lot of there's a reason that Facebook is paying all these politicians. There's a reason mm-hmm. for all of this stuff to happen. And I just, I think that again. If you're going to, like we talked about with cracking and stacking from a tangible gerrymander point of view, if you want to crack and stack the psychology of an electorate, these are wonderful tools to use (sighs) so they can all use it for their own gain. And again, the more division within the people, despite the fact that we all go to the same McDonald's, we all live very, very similar lives. Um, Politically, you're able to, again, avoid the larger issue, which is the late stage corrupt crony capitalism we live in and we can talk about you know the fact that your neighbor thinks that uh you know tim allen is funny (laughs) and that's a problem Uh, i would just point out also that the walls uh are a division between the people who are getting in trouble for january 6th and the people who are not absolutely great point again it's still the poor or you know yes to some degree the the the, pawns versus the, the yes that's right Absolutely. Right. It's another fantastic point. Yeah. It's the poor suckers we see in, in all the good liars. Great videos from January fantastic. 6th. You know, it, it's just poor saps who kind of got talked into being there and then they did the deed. And now they're facing the ramifications like we pointed out because they were the ones filming themselves. But then you got your Paul Gosers, your Lauren Boberts, your Roger Stones, your Steve Bannons, you know, Mo Brooks. You got elected officials who, as we now know, as we've talked about the last few months, promising pardons, giving tours mm-hmm, giving right. you the inside track Matt and Gates. then on, on the other side you have your uh steve bannon's roger stones alex jones is these organizers these you know alex jones donated five bowls of chili they were five star chilies that's, that's 25 chili. bowls of chili folks and they are as you pointed out getting away with it because they're getting persecuted quote unquote. yeah i think you know to use uh to talk about a war analogy these january 6th some of these people when it's all said and done, are going to come back like Vietnam vets. But the people who really wanted to go into Vietnam and then got there and were like, 
I don't think they have our back whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man, right. we've been lied to. And they're going to come out the other end. And then God knows what kind of extremism that <laughs> once right. you go like, I can't fuck Trump, man. And then it's like, but uh, it's good. That's a whole waffling of extremism that could lead to God knows what political ideology. So everything, everything you just said, Ben and Travis said, makes me ask the question. Do you think January 6th would have happened if Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene no. did not have Twitter? Well, Trump, I don't believe, had Twitter. He, he had Twitter that Did day. Did he have that yeah. Twitter? Oh, my God. Oh, he got that afterwards. That was the day that got him kicked off. I think, again, it's the same thing as, like, overeating. It's not the fork's fault. Twitter is a utensil. It's a tool. I freaking don't like Twitter. Um, I think it's more like eating with a knife. <laughs> but their words would have gotten out there, and I really think it was the tangible words that Trump said well there. Okay. I still there think at the, thing, the, at the, the, right. the riot, the insurrection does not happen without Donald Trump literally saying, we're going down to the Capitol mm, right, and right. we're not going to back down and, you know, all that stuff. I think that was when he said that sentence, I think people, as we're learning, you know, with um, his his daughter, Ivanka, mm-hmm. texting him, right. like, can we stop this? All Not again, not giving any amount of credence to them whatsoever, because they, you know, if you lead lead someone to the edge of the cliff. Don't be surprised when they jump off of it. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you guys brought this man here and you know he has no scruples and you know he's going to do whatever it takes because he has no, you know, ability to um, to understand the power of his words. So it's like it's one of those things where as soon as he said that it was over, I don't think that anything leading up to it um, would have caused the insurrection until Donald Trump legitimately told people to go do it. Because then when he told them to call off, they when he said, when he, they finally said call it off, they, they listened they were to hold, him. They were holding up their phones They're and like, saying, he said, Trump said go home. Like, oh my God. He said go home, so we'll go home. So, so we're going to go home. So then that's why the walls still are up on the Capitol. Because just like Trump was literally about to have another, another uh, you know uh, press, press conference, conference on the 6th, it still exists. The reality that there could be that level of violence again still exists in the eyes of the Capitol. And obviously, if Trump is still going on, you know, on the anniversary of this event, he's going to have a conference. Obviously, mm-hmm. that that reality still exists in his mind. All right. Well, and, and for the people on the other side of the wall, you know, keep in mind, they were yelling things as they were leaving, like, we'll be back. They do think this can happen again. There was even um, movements. Mm-hmm. I remember our, our friend Ford Fisher, who we had on the show a couple months ago, who was also there. And, you know, he did not go to the Capitol right Rightly so, because he right. said, if you go in, that's automatic visit from the FBI. But Absolutely. Ford was following around some groups that were starting to gather at state houses last April in 2021. So there are these still these groups where it's like they got their little nibble at the apple. And like you, you pointed, Ben, um, and to the to the CNN polls point, there are people who just want violence and they are ready for it. And I feel that's who showed up to the Capitol and anyone who didn't get caught. They're still at large. Well, it is the macrocosm of the micro idea that if you break into someone's home and kill them, you get to become them. Oh, man. <laughs> you don't. It's a talented it's like Mr. Ripley. It's like, no, you're not Sharon Tate now because you killed and <laughs> right. got a Sharon Tate. You don't get to be uh, the other. You don't get to be rich and famous. You don't get to live there. You don't replace their life. Right. Right. Um, it's not like the talented Mr. Ripley. Exactly. In a fast paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, 
we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. All right. Well, let's do a positive news story here when it comes to California. Three strikes law. I'm completely against three strikes and you're out. Um, it's totally asinine. Yeah. It's completely draconian. And thank you, uh, the Clinton administration, for giving us that horrific policy. And of course, Joe Biden was also there, along with every single GD Republican of the time. Uh, there's a seven-person California commission that's been quietly spearheading a massive effort to overhaul uh, the three strikes and you're out rule. Um, it hasn't happened quite yet. This is according to Michael Romano. He is the chairman of the State Committee on Revision of the Penal Code <laughs> and a Stanford Law School lecturer. Penal Code. Think about that. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a hot porno. Michael Romano says, I think there are a great number of injustices. He's completely right. He goes on to say, and I think we can make our state even safer and more fair by looking at some of the details. Uh, the committee is comprised of lawmakers, some scholars, federal and state judges. And again, it was formed in 2020 to look at the results of three strikes and you're out, which of course that policy has led to mass incarceration. For those that don't know, basically you th you steal three Snickers bars, mm -hmm. uh, and I understand there's some violent crime as well. It's, it's subjective, right. but right. let's just say theoretically you commit three felonious acts, which could be legitimately. Um, I'm not quite sure if stealing a Snickers bar is a felony, but anyway, if you're on parole, it certainly is. Right. And then boom, so you're on parole, you steal a Snickers, you steal another Snickers, and now you have a life sentence without the possibility for parole, which is a, a lot of money. You get to be the fetus in the sack making a lot of money for these huge corporations. So this resulted in laws that Governor Gavin Newsom signed in 2021. Out of the 10 recommendations, uh, the new laws include limiting sentence enhancement for gang affiliation and ending mandatory sentences for non-violent drug offenses. So I think this is a step in the right direction for criminal justice, and hopefully it gets some people who don't deserve to be behind bars out with their families. And then again, as a society, we have to have ways to assimilate them back because once you're in prison it's a whole nother freaking world you might as well be a martian when you get out after 20 years mm. so we need to help these people come back as well this is what romano had to say he says the penal code is like a phone book it's so thick and so dense and complicated mm. i don't think people understand it very well in the system and out of the system and i agree because if you look at the penal code it's a big ass book man it's a big ass book <laughs> Uh -huh. And again, read three felonies a day. This is according to uh, Senator Sidney Kamlager. Uh, they say, all we need are these anecdotal stories to scuttle really thoughtful approaches to reforms because we just err on the side of really wanting to be punitive to make a point. That's referring to people who will point out, for example, 
recidivism. Oh, recidivism, right. but I'm trying to remember the name of the woman, the poor girl that was used by the right for years because she was shot on the San Francisco boardwalk by an undocumented man. Oh. I want to say her name was Kelly. But, you know, they use anecdotal evidence very similar to what happened with Dukakis in 88 with the Willie Horton ad. Mm -hmm. uh, you can take one story and extrapolate it and have that infer the whole. And it's really bad. And that's exactly what they do. Right. So you'll see a story where it's like, this person was not on parole because of some pussy legislation. Even though, again, we live in the most punitive nation on earth, maybe other than China. We are not soft on crime in any <laughs> no, freaking no. sense of the word. So you have one story about how somebody goes, and again, any uh, victim of any crime, it's all horrible. It all sucks. Mm -hmm. But you can't just take one incident, one incident, and then again infer that upon the whole, which is what what everyone does constantly. That's the human brain, and it's like it sucks that we're still. So primitive in that way. Romano says California has led the nation in criminal justice reform, but don't forget it's also the fifth most difficult state to be a black male in. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that as he goes right. on. Romano says election after election, there have been reforms to reduce punishment and provide more opportunities for people to get out of jail and prison. At the same time, our crime rates have dropped. So there, and that is true. There is a bit of a misnomer out there that crime is through the roof. And again, if you're a victim of crime, it's 100 percent to you, True you. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Right, right. Um, but in reality, I think partly because of technology, mm -hmm. partly, again, because we have McDonald's on every corner. I don't mm. think uh, crime is is down. But that being said, extreme spurts of violence are up. Hmm. You know, hmm. like you'll have mass shootings. Yes. These oh, things. Right, right. Like there's extreme spurts of violence where it's like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, we've actually had the, the deadliest year uh, in history here in Columbus, Ohio, in terms of homicides. Uh, we hit 200 plus, I believe, uh, just before the end of the year. Horrible. So uh, you're right. You know, violence tends to get up in these tougher economic times with COVID and everything. Um, but as we've always focused on in this show, uh, jail, prison. Whatever you want to call it, it's about rehabilitation. Rehabilitation mm -hmm. centers, they're trying to get you uh, to basically learn your lesson and then reenter society. And I always think of our, our great interview with Larry Lawson that we did in 2021. Yeah. yeah, Larry Lawton, uh, one of my favorite interviews that we did last year. And he's living proof that, you know, you can kind of go through the system and come out of it and, um, and, Teach people, you know, Lord knows some of the stories he told me, I'm terrified of prison. I will never commit a crime ever. <laughs> well, it's insane. And again, you never know when they're going to pin a crime on you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I mean, it's true. It's scary. That's true, too. That's it's true, It's horrifying. But yeah, Larry Lawton, a great example of, uh, of how to survive in prison. Because, yeah, I was just watching another one of his videos about solitary confinement. And it is freaking Rough. brutal. And then you get out and you're like, thank God he had a family. And imagine if you don't, mm -hmm. you just get on a bus and you're just like, okay, now I'm on a bus. And then what do you do? I don't know. Commit another crime and go steal yeah. something. Yeah. And then boom, you're mm -hmm. right back. And then. And if you're in California, it's for life. There you go. 
Brutal. All right. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, let's talk about this. She has defended uh, representatives uh, and their spouses who play the stock market. Of course she oh. I have a feeling this will be a fun conversation. Uh, Pelosi says, we're a free market economy. They should all be able to participate in that. The only problem with that is, as we learn, when it comes to financing, these large corporations write the bills and the politicians are simple rubber stamps. We discussed it on this show before. Fascism, when large corporation meets government, they shake hands and they kiss. Screwing <laughs> over all of us. What do you guys think? You're elected to Congress. I think you should have to put it. Now, I'm in the stock market. Mm -hmm. I, I put Me a pause. Too. Maybe put a little, put a little, um, put it in a trust. I don't freaking know. Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. seems by nature like it'll be a conflict of interest. If you have someone and let's say you're invested in, I don't, let's say you just love number two pencils <laughs> and you're like, I'm invested in number two pencils and then knock on your door. It's big number two pencil. Oh. Holy crap. And you want me to do this? What is that? You want me to kill number one and number three pencil? Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> right. And next thing you know, they wrote you a, wrote you a bill that mm -hmm. you signed. And then, boom, you get the kickback on the end of uh, your stocks. It just seems like this is money laundering 101. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, talk about a wall between Congress and the rest of us. There you go. There's a, another one figuratively. And literally, because Nancy Pelosi, of course, loves having that wall around Congress because she makes her feel nice and safe. But mm -hmm. that's the thing. She's nice and safe counting all her money. Nancy Pelosi is the second richest member of Congress, only second only to Daryl Issa, another Congress, uh, excuse me, another Stonehenge. California. Yeah, another California congressperson. And so, uh, of course, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on the side of big money on this one. I it's just, just it, it's horrible. Talk about the illusion of choice on that front. Richard Burr, of course, uh, Kelly Loeffler, they made some news. They dumped also, their stocks last year. Yep. Also, Representative Tom Malinowski, he's a Democrat out of New Jersey. So we got rep Republicans and Democrats. He sold a million dollars in, corona in coronavirus related stock. I mean, it just seems like this is one of those areas yeah, that as a people, we can look at the government and be like, if we got rid of that, mm -hmm. that might help the larger conversation about getting rid of crony corrupt politics in this capitalist state. I would agree with her free market economy statement. If, if it was it, free market. If, especially right. because she has insider trading information, which is everything yep. we're talking about. She, <laughs> exactly. knows, she knows way ahead of time what's going to happen. That's not free market. That's right. market manipulation. And not only that, her husband, Raul Pelosi, oh. he is, and he's a venture capitalist. Of wow. course she's going to, of course she's going to want to defend venture capitalism and and they're investing in the stock market. It's human nature. I actually follow uh, on Twitter. I follow Nancy Pelosi's investment tracker. It's a guy that on Twitter, because every all of this is public <laughs> information. So it's a guy that every time Pelosi buys a stock, he, he tweets it. Is that right? She wow. has become one of the, she, it, since coronavirus, she's gained something like $25 million in net worth alone. Oh my gosh. While the rest of the country is losing money, she has, she's, you know, that's evil. This straight I mean, evil. 25 in net weight of pounds. There we go. New York Times financial columnist Andrew Ross Sorkin. This is what he had to say 
Uh, he says one of the, this is one of the most disappointing and disgraceful comments in views I have heard espoused yes. on this issue. He says we have insider trading laws for a reason. CEOs, executives mm. cannot trade. Members of the Federal Reserve cannot trade. And mm. yet we are allowing our politicians who do have the access to inside information. They are often briefed regularly about all sorts mm-hmm. of things that are about mm-hmm. to happen yeah. and that they have meaningful influence on what is about to happen. And they are trading. This is unbelievable right that this has become so normal that the democrat who was supposed to again in theory we have a left wing of this country Mm. but i don't even know what that is Mm. i don't know what it is again because they're all sucking uh the the teat that is large corporate interest so this is like the most powerful female leader Mm -hmm. in the left-leaning wing of this american government and this is her thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't, if you're, uh, you know, Bernie is annoying in many ways. <laughs> no, he's not. Bernie? Oh, yeah. I, 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 he, yeah. I, okay. I, he's intense. I don't want to watch the Packers well, game with him. I'm, I'm, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only an annoying 99% of the time. The next 1%, I am very thoughtful and useful. Thank you. I know you are. And I don't say that with disrespect <laughs> because this is why. This is why he's so upset. No, I yes, guess. Yes, yes, yes. He's it's intense like, because he sees this. He's, he gets yeah. mad. He sees it every day. He's got to deal with it. And then, so what? Anyway, what do you guys think? Well, she's the one percent, and we have so many one percenters. In you know, we talked about it again. Crony capitalism, might as well call it capitalism, is the one percent controlling. She's not going to get titled that again, by the way. You got very lucky. You got the titular capitalism two point <laughs> But I mean, that's literally what it is, and it's the one percent. We don't have enough working people who are elected to Congress and these powerful offices. Now, Ben. Uh, when you and I ran for local office, you know, they, they do want to know like where you live, what you do for a living. You got to put that information. When you run for a more powerful office, like when I ran for governor of Ohio or when I ran for U.S. Congress, they have a financial disclosure report that you have to file and you have to put in what companies you're invested in and how many shares you own and, and things like that. So you do have to declare that when you run for office, but then that's the problem. Once you win, and like you pointed out, let's say I become secretary of education and I'm in bed with number two pencil, that's right. a real problem because that's a powerful office. It's not like city council, although obviously city council in some mm-hmm. bigger cities is very powerful. But when you have the powerful, like when you're speaker of the house, you got to dump all your riches and put it into one boat and sink it. It's disgusting. I mean, I'm not able to participate in tons of, I used to, I used to love doing a tech reviews where they, you know, I would get a tech product and I would check it out and then yeah. tell the company because of my work here at last podcast network, I can't participate in, in that anymore because it's a conflict, conflict of interest, of interest mm-hmm. because I could basically start promoting a product ahead of time. Yada, yada. I'm basically not even able to do that, but Pelosi is able to uh, litigate oh. Amazon and Disney and Google while her husband invests in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. By so. the way, uh, that microphone looks really nice, Fernando. Why don't you tell us all about it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. No, just kidding. <laughs> 
You look around your business and see inefficiency everywhere. So you should know these numbers. 37,000, the number of businesses which have upgraded to the number one cloud financial system, NetSuite, by Oracle. 25, NetSuite just turned 25. That's 25 years of helping businesses streamline their finances and reduce costs. One, because your unique business deserves a customized solution, and that's NetSuite. Learn more when you download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash streaming. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today all right so i think we're all in agreement on this show and most likely everyone listening i would think i don't understand other than someone who is related to or maybe is in office um them wanting to uh still play the market i suppose in some ways you could argue they're then acting as a fiduciary Mm -hmm. because they have the same thing on the line as you do but it's really not that case it's not that way at all I, there's no way um, to cut it. Even there's the, no way because, as we learned with Loeffler and Burr and everyone else, they just blatantly lie to us. Yeah. And then, as we're also learning now with the power of Elon, you know these tweets, man. These tweets affect people's lives. Oh my god! And Matt Damon is all up in crypto's ass. Mm-hmm. This shit is too wiggity for me because <laughs> I can't go on the emotions of these rich people, man. They're crazy. Uh, well, no good. wiggity, no wank. No. Well, I'll whack it. It's a good way to tie into, you know, uh, the power that like Twitter has and Elon's Twitter has uh, what you were going to talk about with Eric Swalwell. Swalwell. All right. Let's move on. Just lastly, Eric Swalwell. You guys see this Twitter exchange he had? I think he had a chance to do something good and I think he completely ruined it. So, uh, again, never um, the idea of sending out death threats to uh, people in power or anyone is really stupid. So there's this dude out for bling. He was out. I guess he was out looking looking for some kind of bling. And uh, he's he DM. Uh, Eric Swalwell, he says, traitor, hopefully you get hung one day. And he mm. says, traitor, you should be shot. Okay, so that's not good, right? That's and then nice. Eric says, hi, my name's Eric. What's your name? And then according to, the, I, I don't know if any of this is real. It kind of seems like it was a little jossied. Mm-hmm. Seemed a little small edited. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> that's a there. good one. I like and that. And then Outferbling says, uh, and this is the actual congressman or is this, is this his assistant? And then he says, this is the congressman. What's your name? He says, Jeremy, by the way. And then he goes on to say, okay, cool. So basically what he does is he just gets uh, Jeremy, a.k.a. out for bling. He gets him to out himself, and it turns out the dude's from Canada. But Fernando Travis, at this point then, he talks about how uh, he sort of relates to the guy a little bit, Eric Swalwell does. And, um, and then the guy talks about how um, he's pretty choked up at these accusations, like a lot of people with regards to this Asian spy. He talks about how Eric Swalwell's an Asian spy, whatever it is. And then um, he talks about how Eric Swalwell was targeted by the FBI. And Swalwell says, I did nothing wrong. As FBI said, nothing else to say. And yes, I was targeted. Next time I'm in Vancouver, we should grab coffee and discuss. Or when you're in America. 
And then he says, out for Blink says, okay, fair enough. I didn't see that article. I'm obviously right-leaning here up here in Canada. If you were targeted, then I would be in the wrong from articles. I read there was evidence you did know or should have known. And then Swalwell says, yeah, I didn't. Well, look, you look it up. And then nice to meet you. And then he goes on um, to basically just kind of dox the guy after the dude you know, seem like they were having, if you're a politician, the goal is to flip somebody, right? Even if they're in Canada to make them love you. So theoretically they'd vote for you. Right. And then he says, uh, you know, you're so different. This is what, uh, out for bling says. He says, you're so much different than, than what I've read. I assumed you did, you know, based on what I read. Well, if I give you my last name, I said some mean things to you that I shouldn't have based on this combo. So could get in some trouble, which again, is like, would he admit that? Hmm. I don't know. know. And then Swalwell says, oh, no way. We're totally cool. No offense taken. And then out for Blink says, wow, my mind's blown. I'm actually really sorry. You seem like a good dude. And then then he says his name is Jeremy Marshall. Swalwell then just goes on and publishes the entire thing. Wow. I don't know. I got... Yeah. Is that does that make any sense? <laughs> this it's quite a bit to unpack. You started it by saying Eric Swalwell could have done something good on Twitter and then didn't, which is generally how I feel about Twitter. It it could be used for so much good and it's just not. And this is where we are. Yeah, I just feel like the guy was if he's real. Well, the question is if he's is this guy real. real? Yeah. Uh probably. The, is the yeah. guy real? Because and that's why I think that well, So then doesn't it prove that all he wanted was an interaction and then technically it was given to him and then and then Swalwell just went on to slam the guy. I don't I don't know what to make of it. Well, uh, well uh, the, what I was tying it to with the Elon Musk thing is that these some people aren't really aware how powerful they are. Same with Pelosi. I think mm. she she thinks she can participate in a free market economy. It's like you forget your job. You forget who you are if you think that. With with uh, Elon Musk, when he tweets certain things, they can literally ruin people's lives. Right. And that's how I feel about this tweet from Eric uh, Swalwell. I, I if you wanted to make a point about how Joe Rogan and Tucker Carlson are radicalizing people, that's fine. What I didn't think was okay to me is putting this man's full name on blast, putting the full conversation on blast. So Trumpian. Exactly. And then also he's, you know, he has thousands, 10,000, 11,000 followers on Twitter. That's 11,000 people with 30% of them possibly believing that violence is the answer. That's scary to think about. Yeah, of course. Swalwell has 1.1 million. Swalwell in a tweet says, um, a few notes. I engaged with this guy slowly, solely to learn as much as I could about his identity to share with law enforcement. I do not have family in Canada. I was trying to get information about his business. But then, (laughs) so he feels like he's like a really good spy, but he tweets out, he's like, this is why I did it. It's like, I don't know. He said, bottom line, the lies from Tucker and other radical. And, and others are radicalizing people across not just America, but the world. And the lies are inspiring people to make threats of violence against lawmakers. Tucker and co know this. And that's why they tell their lies. They want to incite the mob, which I mean, I suppose is plausible. But does, how do you how do the Democrats lose? How does a man get a death threat and then somehow by the end of it? He's seen like the <laughs> asshole. Right. <laughs> how oh, is he's it the possible? Asshole. Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you fail that bad at being likable? Hubris. Yeah, I just well, don't it, understand. It's also crazy that he, like you pointed out, he's almost like I'm. I use my top spy techniques. It's just like everyone's accusing you of being a, a Chinese spy right now. Maybe lay off the spy techniques, <laughs> your pal. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just don't. We just 
Whatever. The world of gotcha, and it's like everyone can get got. Right. And no one has anything. Right. Cool. And to, for, for, to Fernando's point, too, about these powerful people being out there, it's the same with Marjorie Taylor Greene. She has followers. She's got hundreds of thousands of people who, who believed her. Not anymore. Not anymore, though. And that's <laughs> the thing. So then here's the line. Does Eric Swalwell get kicked off Twitter now? Well, mm. I mean, that's if everyone is going to get kicked off. I mean, everyone at some point will just get kicked off. That it's just a thing. That's just the island, Survivor Island. I don't know. I remember. I I also wonder. There is no way to how do. What's the data on reach if you no longer have Twitter? But there's so many different platforms. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene, she can go on any news network she wants. And the thing is, people still tweet about her all the time. And she still has her representative account. It was her personal account. Yeah. yeah. So all she has to do is like not have to tweet. And right. then people will just tweet on her behalf. There's no like the idea that Twitter is going to silence something by mm. nature is not possible. Mm. It's like they it, it can't. No Twitter. It will never silence a voice. It can't. It was very funny when they kept catching Trump when he would try to start new Twitter accounts. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> They're like, it's like just tracking it from Mar-a-Lago. It's like, well, that's him again. Yeah, they get to have fun. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back a little bit later on this week. So we got January 6th. We got a little criminal justice. We got a little bit of Swalwell and a little bit of Pelosi. What an episode. That's a full, that's a stew. That's a political stew. Mm, It's good. It's tasty. Mm. Put up a wall because it's too good for all the people to eat. Okay. (laughs) That's fantastic. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Sofas, recliners, love seats, everything is better in leather. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley, where bold meets durable. And wait a minute, who's been finger painting on the couch again? That's okay. Leather is easy to clean. The new leather collection at Ashley is built with the durability you need for the whole family. Yes, pets too. Luxury is meant to be livable. Shop chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. A car is never just a car. Kelly Blue Book knows it's so much more than that. It's your commuting chariot, your road trip refuge, your I just need a reason to get out of the house. Your car is there for everything. And for everything car, there's Kelly Blue Book. Need a new set of wheels? Price it on Kelly Blue Book. Problem under the hood? Fix it with Kelly Blue Book. Can another car do the job better? Trade it or sell it on Kelly Blue Book. We're here mile after mile, moment after moment. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com. Visit kellybluebook.com to get the journey started.